0: Hey, my name is Zach, I'm the lead pastor here at Restore. And at our church, we talk a lot about wanting to be a part of restoring faith in Jesus and the church. So we want you to know, wherever you find yourself on your spiritual journey, whether you're deconstructing or reconstructing, whether you're disentangling, doubting, rebuilding, no matter where you are, we want you to know that you are not alone. And we want to be a support for you as you journey down this road of faith. So if you have questions or you need support, we would love to chat with you. You can reach out to us through our website at restoreaustin.org. And we hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, everyone. Um, I am so excited to be here for Summer Mixtape 2022 with Aaron Moon. Aaron, thank you so much for taking time.
1: I'm so happy to be here. I just, I love your whole pastoral vibe. And so I feel like I'm just going to love the whole church vibe.
0: Oh, you would! You would absolutely love our church family. We were just talking before we started recording about um, how sweet our church family is and how they are just people of love in the very best way. So, yeah, someday we'll have to get you to Austin and you can meet them in person.
1: I would love that. I would love that.
0: Um, well, Aaron and I connected a while back, I think via Twitter. Um, we're yes, all... the
1: great, the great meeting place. <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: all good things then go to die. Uh, Truly. On and, uh, but yeah, and, and we've engaged a bunch. Um, and it's so nice to to do this with you. And I just loved your perspective, your work. Um, you have an incredible Substack newsletter, and you just do oh, so many, you. yeah, so many great things. Um, if you're not familiar with Erin, I actually know that a lot of you are. She was just telling me before we started that um, she had included one of my tweets in her weekly newsletter and that she got replies from some of you that go to Restore that were like, hey, i yes. to Restore. So that is super cool. Look at that um, Venn
1: diagram. Just, we I got, know. we got an overlap.
0: That's very <laughs> cool. Very cool. <laughs> Um, Well, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to read Erin's bio and then I'm going to ask her to share a little bit more of her story. So yeah, prepare to have your bio read. I'm ready, Um, I'm ready. (laughs) Um, Erin is the host of the Faith Adjacent podcast as well as the resident Bible scholar on the Bible Binge podcast. She's the author of Every Broken Thing, Oh Heavy Lightness, Memento Mori, Disentangle and Mercy Seat. She is also the senior creative at the Popcast Media Group. Erin cares deeply about chips and salsa, as well as creating and caring for communities of curious and kind people. She lives in Birmingham, Alabama with her husband, three kids, and her dog there.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, listen, like don't listen. You're in you're in Austin, you're in Texas. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Texpat, I live in yeah. Alabama now, but there is no good Tex-Mex here. So, oh. everyone after church today, please go have like good tech specs in my, we in my do. honor. Thank in you. In your honor. It I'll take so a little much bowl to of me. salsa and
0: pour it out for you, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us more about you and how you got to where you are today and doing all the incredible things that you're doing.
1: Um, I, I would love to. So, um, like I said, I grew up in Texas. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I actually had a, contrary to what we have recently, uh, and not so recently understood about, uh, growing up in a Southern Baptist church. I had a wonderful experience. Yeah. Um, I, my pastor, um, his wife, they, uh, we, I still email with him. Um, he is a wonderful man. It was actually not in the Southern Baptist Convention anymore. Um, but uh, he is a he's a wonderful man, very formative, like really took in my family. Um, my parents kind of like functioned as their older children in a way. And we were their practice grandkids. And uh, Brother Jim and Patsy were a huge part of my upbringing. Uh, Brother Jim was the one who baptized me and told me about what it was like he had been to Israel. Israel. and he like just like w- w- just wove this tapestry of what it meant to love jesus and how how i as a seven-year-old could love jesus and that was so meaningful to me i remember i remember that like it was just yesterday um but i uh grew up in a southern Baptist youth group i didn't i had uh i didn't really stray from the talking points very much um and then when i got into college i had several uh very formative experiences happen. And one of those was I was a theater major. And uh, if you know anything about theater, uh, there's a lot of LGBTQ people that are in theater. And this was my first experience with with really like having deep, meaningful friendships with people who did not believe the same things as I did or uh, did the same things as I did. And what I, and then while also I was serving on my university's, uh, my, my church's university leadership team. And uh, I saw on that team a juxtaposition Uh, in what it meant to love Jesus, when I held it up towards my uh, LGBTQ Mm -hmm. friends who also loved Jesus. And I saw a difference in the way they held power, in the way they loved, in the way they connected with people. And um, that was the beginning of my floodgates kind of opening Mm -hmm. and going, Hang on, just a second. Hold on. Something. Some some of this is not adding up. Uh, Like I've, like I've heard my whole life that it's supposed to add up, and I wish I could say that that experience led me on a crusade to um, open the church up to all of God's people, Um, but. Because I, uh, because I grew up in this, in a Southern Baptist kind of petri dish, and I was really pickled in that brine, um, I ended up getting a job with a parachurch organization, um, and my spirituality became tied to my paycheck. And, uh, I'm sure that you understand that. I'm sure that everyone on your church staff understands that. And it just became really tricky for me to figure out what was real and what wasn't. And so my my journey through faith has been uh, two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. And um, I regret that. I regret that I have not um, been the been the justice seeker that I know that I needed to be, um, that I believe God has called us to be. Um, yeah. But I am, uh, I'm trying to rectify that now. Yeah, <laughs> as absolutely. As, and so I think, um, you know, I, one of my, uh, one of my big things is I really, really care about people who are walking through these kind of these faith moments where something's not adding up you know you were told this but this is the reality that you're seeing and so that those the people who are on that precipice are I care I care very deeply for them because I've been in their their shoes and I understand the cost of what it means to step forward even if you're spirituality isn't tied to your paycheck um there's still so much fear in those moments when you step outside into the wilderness or you start asking questions or you are honest about your doubts and so um that is kind of where I live now is just my for some well here's the thing Zach, it's weird to be a lady on the internet, because the reason I have a quote unquote following on the internet is because I accidentally peed on, uh, you know, $300 worth of Spanx. Um, so, <laughs> so, and then it's like, and then God's like, look what I'm going to do with this. Okay. You peed on $300 worth of Spanx, not great, but we're going to use that as an on-ramp. <laughs> and that is how we know God has a sense of humor. But, um, and and just just through uh, podcasting work and yeah. um, that kind of a thing, uh, I've, a lot of these people have just come together on my newsletter or you know yeah. in the podcast community, and they are all feeling so isolated and yeah. so um, afraid and tentative and uh, nervous about asking these questions, and you know I think. I I am grateful for the way my journey has gone because I feel like I can be a a good friend to them as they walk through some of that.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, I I was unaware of the Spanx story. Well, you know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) if you dig
1: deep enough in the archives, it's back there. You can find it. Okay,
0: great. Yeah, that's (laughs) a good reason. I mean, if you want
1: to, you probably don't.
0: No, no, yeah. Um, we'll we'll leave that up to the viewer's discretion.
1: Fair enough. Fair yeah,
0: enough. <laughs> go deep into that. No, I I have found um, your space to be one that is so purposely cultivated as as safe and as one where where doubts are are not met with condemnation, where questions are not met with with kind of easy pat answers, um, but where you really cultivate this online space in a myriad of ways where people can ask questions and doubt and be open about what they're going through and be vulnerable and be themselves. Because you're exactly right, while many of us have experienced our kind of belief systems being tied to paychecks, um, that's true of us that have been in vocational ministry. A lot of people though that haven't, they've had their belief systems tied to their community. Right. And and felt the the threat of excommunication from their community Mm -hmm. based on their belief system. They've had it tied by people to um, eternal conscious torment at some point, right? Like your belief Mm -hmm. system is connected to this. And if you waver on any of these things, it's, you know, putting you on the uh, path to hell. Um, And so I think there are all kinds of different things that people use to. Um, keep folks kind of tied down and, and controlled. And of the, controlled, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that we talk about a lot is, and, and you, you said it really well, but the idea that that deconstruction or, or disentangling or whatever you want to call it, that it's not, in my experience, really something that people choose. Right? It's something that happens. Yeah. To you, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, like, I have a friend who. On Twitter always talks about like, it's not like I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to question everything I've ever believed. You know what? Everything this sounds everything
1: fun. Everything Everybody loves it when we do this.
0: <laughs> like that that's never been the story that I've heard in having thousands of these conversations yeah. with people. What happens is exactly what you described is something that we've been told bumps up against something we experience and they don't mesh anymore. So yeah. for you, right, you've been told, okay, this member of the LGBTQ community is not a part of God's family. And they you meet someone who is queer and is a part of God's family um, completely and fully and those two things don't go together right yeah and so we all have these different things that we've experienced these these places where things don't mesh and so what I would love to talk to you about or hear more about is why this idea of helping shepherd people Through a journey of of deconstruction and reconstruction, of of, of disentangling and and rebuilding, is just so vitally important in kind of our cultural moment today. But really, just overall, because I know you always talk about how this is something we've been doing for thousands of years as Christians, right?
1: Yes, I mean, and I mean, you listen. You can go back to ten fifty four, and and that is. But to be really honest, Zach, I think if we look at what Jesus did in the Gospels, Jesus was deconstructing what everyone had been saying about Jewish faith, about being Jewish. And I think that, and I say that, and I feel everyone's eyebrows want to shoot off of their forehead (laughs) because it's like, wait, hold on just a second. Like, yes, Jesus was like, Yes, he believed the law, but he was like, hey, I would I would love for you to expand the way that you're thinking about this. Yeah. I mean, we get this in the Sermon on the Mount in a huge uh-huh. way. And yeah. it and it and I really do think that almost every interaction that Jesus has is disassembling a house that was built and saying, "Let's build this back the way it was intended to be." Yeah. Yeah. And so that is honestly why I am so passionate about this is yeah. because I really do believe That in the same way that the Pharisees and Sadducees and even the Essenes to a point had built up how this, how Moses coming down from a mountain with 10 laws from God and, and a promise that the, these are going to be my people turned into, uh, uh, rules, regulations, um, control, power hungry, violent. I mean, we see this is this is almost exactly what's happening in the American church right now. Yeah. And, and that is what I want to go, guys, if we really believed what Jesus is saying here, this would not be, this would not look like this at all. And so I think, and I also think, you know, you mentioned, you know, excommunication from community and that kind of a thing this, a lot of people that I talk to, they feel so alone in this. They feel deeply isolated and they don't have a way to, like, they're the only ones in their small group that feel this way, or they're the only ones in their family that are asking these questions. And that becomes really difficult to, when you don't have a community of people that are asking the same questions that are that are committed to a, and I talk about this a lot being committed to a posture of curiosity as opposed yes. to yes. judgment and I think that is really difficult because if you grew up like me then you were handed answers yeah here are your questions here are your answers and a lot of the times the answers were we don't ask that question right. <laughs> and that's not an answer yeah. but yeah. it fe- but it feels like it's been handed down with authority yeah. and so you know when you when you ask a question and you're the only one asking the question unless your personality is specifically like gets really fired up about that yeah. that can be really isolating and so i think what's been helpful you know, there's a, you know, when we've been meeting virtually for these past few years, I think it's, there's been an aspect of solidarity that I think yeah. some people have not been able to have in their real offline, um, I don't want to say real life, in your offline yeah. life. Yeah. Um, And so I think that is why... And, and And just the emails and the DMs that I get, of, oh, my gosh, I don't have a way to walk through this with anyone. What do I do? And so I think that is really why i I think it's so important. And I think we've given a label to something that everyone has been doing for Absolutely. thousands of years,
0: yes, I, I totally agree. And I think your point about what Jesus was doing is so good. And you see it. Um, in very direct ways when he says, you've heard it said this, but now I say to you this, I mean, very direct. Um, But you also, like one of my favorite stories with deconstruction is, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Right. And, and Jesus shows up and completely, you know, he's like, what happened? And they tell him, and he's like, yeah, uh, that whole perspective is wrong. And, yeah. here's- <laughs> and it's, it's incredible.
1: I've literally spent every second with you guys for the past <laughs> three years. I don't know. You- well, I think about that, like with the woman at the well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking about, you know, and even Nicodemus, you're talking about someone who had, who has a deep understanding of the Torah and of, yeah. of everything that, like that was their job to sit around and talk about this and discuss yeah. this. Yeah. And then Jesus coming in and saying, Hey buddy, let's, let's think about, let's think about it this way and yeah. completely blowing Nicodemus. I, listen, I love the chosen, the TV series. Yeah. Like I love, <laughs> I unashamedly love it. Well, and I really do. And that scene because of genuinely because of that one scene of Jesus yeah. and Nicodemus, because you're seeing so much of just having, how difficult this whole, it's like, he needs a brain transplant. And I think we often need that too. It's like, I was taught this for so long. It's so hard to rewire my brain into thinking of it a different, I mean, that's literally your brain doesn't want to learn new things. It Like it genuinely doesn't. It's so comfortable. Like when I try to work out, I think about this all the time. When I try to work out, my brain's like, but Do you remember Oreos? Like, do you want to just go watch Inventing Anna and eat Oreos? And it's like, yeah, I would rather do that. It's so much easier. And I think that happens with our faith too. We just get in those grooves and those grooves have been going in our minds for forever, as long as we've been alive. And to undo that and to choose a new pathway takes a lot of work.
0: It really does, yeah. I mean, it's it's literally like neurological work. I mean, these yeah. are these are brain pathways that you're rewiring yes. as you create new habits and do new things. And
1: and so thank God. Holy spirit is in that with us. I mean, thank God. Yes,
0: absolutely. And, and thankfully we're, we're not alone there and we're hopefully being able to connect to community, whether that's online or offline or whatever. Yes. Um, And I think that's one of the most important things I think you do is providing that for people. That's Um, really nice. Thank you. It's it's just, it's beautiful and so important. Um, I love that you mentioned the chosen. Um, I've occasionally shown uh, when I talk about John eight and the, the woman caught in adultery, um, the a, a still from the chosen where uh, Jesus is kneeling next to her, um, and one thing that I really love about about you and the way that you engage. Uh, online and offline is your posture. Like you just have such a posture of humility. Um, You're obviously very accomplished and smart and um, you have a lot of ability, but you come into almost every space that I've ever seen you um, with such a posture of of humility and service and care. And I think about Jesus kneeling next to that woman, right? And and the, the, The difference between the posture of the the men standing over her with the stones um, juxtaposed to him kneeling next to her with, you know, holding her and talking with her. Right. And as you have been able to be Jesus, as he has worked through you in spaces like that, where you've been able to kneel next to people who are hurting, who are walking through questions and doubts and maybe even feeling like they're losing their faith. What are some things that you have felt have been really helpful and effective if you're talking right now to a church filled with people who are all over the map as far as their spiritual journey and deconstruction and reconstruction and all of that what are some things as you've kind of knelt and walked with people that have really helped as they've been through this journey
1: yeah i think um i think it's important to give things the space they need Mm. um and I think about this a lot because growing up Southern Baptist, I really feel like we got a lot of that in youth group. You know, we're going to like, here's a whole weekend where, yeah, we're going to like go do a bounce house or whatever, but also like, let's think about God and let's, let's answer some questions and, and like there were retreats and even there was a Wednesday night. And I feel like as an adult, I have really, gotten away from time uh, and time to think about things. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, they need to actively lament before they start anything. I mean, I I think there's so much death in this process and a lot of it is uh, necessary death, like bad theology and uh, harmful, toxic, uh, just BS that has seeped into church culture. A lot of that has to die. But with a, with that, uh, there's a lot of painful death that comes there's, with this. Yeah. And I know that you know that better than probably most people, you know, better than me, better than most people in this room of all of the things you have to to give up and how mad that, I mean, that makes me mad. It infuriates me and it makes me so sad. And I think, I think as a, as a culture, we could really learn so much from ancient Judaism. I go back to the practice of sitting Shiva for my faith often of like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to actually actively lament this situation. The SBC yeah. uh, guidepost report just came out. I have been sitting Shiva because it is it is so hard to I mean, Brene Brown says the only way out is through. And so yeah. it's it is a conscious effort for me. I don't like to sit in sad things. I don't understand my own feelings. I'm an Enneagram yeah. three. And so it is a that's a spiritual practice for me Absolutely. of sitting in it and being like, I freaking, Hate this! This sucks! This is not what Jesus meant. I know this is not of God, and 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 I think that's really important. And I think we want to skip over that so often. Yes, uh, I know I so do long. because I no, hate
0: I'm, it. I'm in an three as well, so I, okay. I so not, we understand each, understand each more other. Understand <laughs> <laughs> um, My wife Amy, uh, who you know, is uh, she. She has to tell me what I'm feeling quite a bit. So yes, I'm that is. I'm have
1: that in my life. <laughs> you need. We need a barometer. Bless us. We, we just do. don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You know, and I think. I think it's important to to get all of that out because my husband says this all the time. This is my favorite thing that he's ever said to me, which is God's chest is big enough for you to beat on, Ooh, and. It it is, it is one of the most visceral pictures that I have of when, when I am actively lamenting something and I go, he doesn't, he doesn't need me to couch this in acceptable language. He doesn't need me to couch this in like some sort of, uh, Instagram worthy lament. Like I can be messy. On God's chest and I don't have to I don't Mm. have to give him any kind of get out of jail free card I can just be and that's okay. Um, And then I also think kind of purging questions out is helpful. Mm. I think a lot of people they we get so, I mean, I do this, I get so bogged down and I, I think, okay, if we could just fix this thing, it would be better. Oh, wait, here's an, oh no. Oh, this is bad. It's like, it's like the last boss in Mario, you know, like it just keeps getting worse. And I think if you can purge some of that out, if you can, and, and listen, I, I mean, we talked about this, all of this is scriptural, right? Like every bit of it. And there is, and Anyone who tells you that God isn't uh, in the questions or he is not honored by our doubts is full of it because yeah. we have an entire book of wisdom <laughs> that indicates differently, which I think, it, again, it's hard because there aren't pat answers. There aren't, you know, all of my questions do, like, I remember my child. When she was very young, this is when I was like, oh, no, did I give birth to somebody smarter than me? Uh, She was she was probably like four. And she was like, hey, mom, why did God kill the baby dinosaurs? And I was like "Um, (laughs) that that indicates a different. Like yes, yeah, she's asking about dinosaurs, but she's also asking like, hey, why do bad things happen to people Absolutely. who don't deserve that's it? Yeah. And you just go, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, how, how do I actually answer this? You know, And so I think I like the, we are built yeah. to ask these questions. And God is yes. they're not new to God. He is not no, afraid really. of them. And um that's I just I want I want everyone to feel safe there. That yeah. it's okay. Like it's okay. There's actually a part of uh, sitting Shiva before you actually begin the lament portion of it. I can't remember exactly what it's called and I would butcher the Hebrew of it anyway. But um, but it's it's this part where it's like, you don't have to literally, you literally don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You, you don't worship, you don't pray. And I, I love that because it's this indication of like, hey, you don't, like you can excuse yourself from religious observation in order to yeah. lament, in order to yeah. be sad. And I really love that because yeah. I think for I think so often we get stuck in this rut of I gotta go to church, I gotta do the things, I got but like even even ancient Jews knew yeah. hey, sometimes you gotta take a break and that's okay.
0: Oh, that's so good. And, and I, I think that there's there's hope on the other side of those breaks. Yes. And if you yes. just keep pushing yourself right through like keep checking the boxes, keep going to the church, keep doing whatever, like you're going to maybe burn out to a place where it's
1: going to be oh my, where I come back from. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. And I have met so many of those people Sorry. who are so tentative and they're like, I haven't been in church in years. And when I think about it, I break out into hives yes. and I, and I go like, give yourself a break. Give yourself, like, God is not just there. God is, like, there is a whole world. There is a, taking that step out into, quote unquote, wilderness. Yeah. That is where you are going to experience so much and learn so much. And I would say, Being kind of on the tail end of a quote unquote deconstruction, although I kind of think that that's just something that you're going to do your whole life. It's Uh, it's just like it's cyclical. I, I would I am more in love. With Jesus. I am more in love with God than I ever have been when it was a checklist. And I don't, I don't begrudge the checklist. I really don't. I think that, I think that for some personalities, that is how they are connecting. And I don't, I think that's great. But I also want people to know that there's stuff on the edge and out in the wilderness and God is there. He is absolutely there.
0: Yes, he is and and again to go back to your point from earlier we see that in scripture like crazy that God oh my
1: gosh yes so yes
0: many times. um oh, i love that yeah and and i think it is cyclical i think that it's not a a, a journey that has a starting point and end point right it's no. just this constant engaging with our faith, but but I think that it shows a lot of people, you know, pastorally will ask me for like advice on on this or that, right? And and they'll so basically it all comes down to like, how do I know if I'm doing the right thing or doing a good job or whatever? And I'll always tell them, You're 99% of the way there because you're, you're trying, like you're you're asking, am I doing a good job? Like, you know, so many people are not intentional or introspective with what they're doing. And that's really what we're talking about is being intentional and introspective with our faith. Um, And I'll just echo what you said. I think going through these processes over the last decade, I've never been more in love with, with Jesus, but also with scripture. Oh my gosh. Um, It's, it's been mind blowing. Like it's been so beautiful.
1: It is, it is truly reignited my, yeah. just my whole purpose in life yeah. and the, and the, and the, my viewpoint and my worldview. I, I feel like I, I feel like I am now looking at everything through the gospel or I'm trying yeah. to at least. Yeah. And, and how, you know, okay, so this thing happens. How? What is my response through the lens of the gospel? What is my yes. response through the lens of Jesus Christ? And and that to me has been so powerful as opposed to what is it that everyone is telling me that I need to take from this encounter? And I think that's hard because if you grew up like me, and I keep saying that, but if you grew up like me, you were taught not to trust yourself. And Absolutely. And yeah. I think that really is not trusting Holy Spirit within you. Yeah. and that can be and again that can be scary like i talked about my sure. husband earlier he like is so he's constantly frustrated with the holy spirit because he's yeah. like why are you telling this person this and telling this person yeah. this like who, <laughs> who's just using you as an excuse yes. here i can't <laughs> tell bad. you know and so i think i think it, it is it's ambiguous and it's messy and it's a little chaotic because we want to put things in a category or on a spreadsheet that don't can't ever be contained by that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons that I love the idea of Jesus talking about producing good fruit and then the fruit of the spirit being enumerated. The idea that If somebody is claiming that the Holy Spirit is leading them or telling them to do something, but it's not producing more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in them or in the world, it's probably not where the Holy Spirit is leading them, right? And I think that can be a healthy, it's it's still complex, it's still messy, it's not a huge answer, but that can be such a helpful thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I hope that I was, I was thinking about you talking about your kid and the dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> I hope that you gave them the same answer that I got in VBS when I asked a similar question, which was that, you know, God put the dinosaur bones in the ground to test our faith so that we <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I
1: told her. Yeah, for sure.
0: Perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> Don't worry
1: about <laughs> it. Don't worry about it. It's all fake anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> God stage know. managing everything. Don't worry yeah, it's about
0: brilliant. it. That's brilliant. That's a good move. You know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to carbon dating, I'm going to make all that up. We're going to see
1: who's real here. That's
0: right. <laughs> um, well, I've got one more question. Um, I could do this with you all day, but I want to respect <laughs> your time and our time. Um, so one thing that I get a lot from folks and and our church is is fairly diverse age wise, um, but I'm, I'm 33. Um, we've got a lot of people kind of 10 years either side of me who are going through processes like this. Um, we also have a, a number of people who are like empty nesters um, who yeah. are, are going through these processes. And one thing that I hear a lot from the former group is, how do I talk about this with my parents Like, you know, and and for those of us that were raised in more kind of traditional evangelical churches, Southern Baptist or whatever, um, sometimes there is such a rift as we go through some of this, if our parents are still in those spaces. And then conversely with the empty nesters who are part of Restore and and in these spaces, they're asking me, how do I find friends my age? Like, I I, I don't know. And it's obviously the same category of of people there. So as you talk with folks who, specifically people who are having trouble engaging with their parents about stuff like this, or um, it's caused some kind of a rift in their relationship. How do you kind of coach or guide or help people through that specific problem?
1: I think that's such a good question. And I think it is very hard because sometimes the generational gap will leave us with a misunderstanding of how another person was raised, specifically when it's like our parents generation versus um, this idea that there is not a place for uh, parents to understand or see clearly how their kids were raised because that feels like an attack do you know what I mean like anytime anytime I um anytime I mention something that happened like in our youth group or something like that I'll get like well it wasn't like that like that's not what we and and it's like hey I get that and that this is not I know that I know, in the same way that you guys made mistakes, I'm also making mistakes uh, yeah. with my kids. My kids are going to therapy for sure, <laughs> and so <laughs> it's just like, how much therapy are yeah, they getting? Doesn't matter to? how much
0: and what they're talking about, Those exactly. Only,
1: yeah. And I think that is something important to remember that it can feel like an attack, um, even if it's not. Even if it's That's just good. a very, uh, if it's a very gentle kind of questioning, I think asking questions are important is important to help you understand. A Another person's viewpoint, you know, and and that can be difficult because if you've got somebody who is not a willing conversation partner and is not really there to listen but to tell, um, that can be really hard. And I think, I think if 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 you want to have these conversations, I think it might be helpful to establish some boundaries before you have this conversation, just to say, yeah. hey, um, here is. Here are, here, I would love to talk with you about this. Here are the things that I would love to include in our conversation. Yeah. yeah. None of this is an attack. None of this is, um, none of this is me telling you that you were a bad parent. Um, This is just, I'm asking questions and I would love to ask them with you and to talk with you about this. And I, and I think, you know, I think that's the same thing. I think we can, I, I think it's very hard for, Older, you're saying empty nesters to start from zero. Yeah. Right? To say, oh my gosh, if I look back on my life, what do I see? And now what am I questioning? And what does that mean about the way I've lived my life for so long? And that is terrifying. I mean, I'm I'm almost 40, and that's terrifying terrifying for me. Absolutely. And I can't imagine being 50, 60 and asking that same question, but I think there is always time to change. And so whatever, if you are feeling this way, no matter where you are on the age spectrum, I think, um, I think being gentle with yourself and being gentle with others and being Checking your own self to make sure that you're not, uh, being combative because you can, you can really only control yourself in those conversations as hard as that is. And as difficult as that is, um, but it's hard. It's hard. I think it takes a lot of prayer too. I think it takes a lot of, yeah. you know, Holy Spirit leading of saying like, "Hey, maybe this person, maybe this isn't the right time to have this conversation with someone."
0: Totally. Yeah. And I've really
1: been, I've been there. I've been like, "Oh, uh, I, I want to talk to you about something." Oh, this was not the right time, and I definitely <laughs> did not listen. So noted. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. So yeah, I don't know if is, that's uh, helpful at all, but I that's great. No, it's super. gosh, I feel, I feel for. I feel for everyone in those conversations because I imagine my kids coming to me and be like, wow, you've really, you really screwed the pooch on this one. And and just feeling like, oh, what have I done? You know, I, so I get that. I get that fear, but on the other side of fear is freedom. And if Mm. we can talk about it, if you can, if you can push past that, that being afraid of an answer, I think the questions will come more freely and they will be answered with more honesty.
0: Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I I think some of the stuff that you said that was really impactful for me just then was the idea that, that none of us are starting from zero, no matter how old we are, yeah. that we are bringing in scripts and tapes and, and ideas and understandings and all of that stuff. And um, that we also have to come in with both humility and grace and boundaries, right? Yeah. And that like, those can feel conflicting sometimes, but we have to live in that tension of being able to have both of those things. Um, something that I've found to be helpful in that same, like the boundary conversation has been starting with some kind of a, a something shared that you're looking at, right? So like mm-hmm. an article, a podcast or something like that, right? And being like, we're gonna talk about this specific thing together, yes. Right, so that the conversation doesn't just blow up immediately into like a million different
1: things, you know. We have a joke here at the Bible Binge that we are, uh, we will be your uh, your appetizer for the conversation. <laughs> it's like, hey, send this episode to the person you want to have a conversation yes. with, and we'll just kind of like we'll get it out. Of, we'll get the weirdness out of the way for you. Yes,
0: totally. I feel like that with my sermons all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It is so great. Well, that's a perfect segue. Um, I would love uh, before we end, and I ask you to kind of. Pray for us and close us out um, is how can people engage with you, find your stuff? Um, obviously, the Bible Binge podcast, you said that's a really important one one um faith adjacent podcast as well. Um and then your website is how you get to your substack. and is your website kind of house everything.
1: Yeah, it'll have everything. And then I'm 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 a lurker on Twitter and I'm active on Instagram. So okay. if you want to go on Twitter, yes. On I just I really just lurk and then sometimes I get I get a little spicy because I need to rage tweet about stuff. But totally. really the vibe is on Instagram.
0: <laughs> and that never gets you in trouble, I'm sure.
1: No, no, never, never at all. <laughs>
0: Okay. Um, well, yeah, I'll encourage people to go to the website, find you on Instagram, um, lurk alongside you on Twitter and please do. Uh, engage with everything. Seriously, thank you for the time today. Thank you for um, all of your work as someone who um, is in similar spaces, although we, we do a little bit different stuff, but we're in very similar spaces. I just wanna say that like, I'm so appreciative to have, you know, partners like you in this space um, to be able to do things together. Um, to be able to uh, be on the same page, to support people in different ways, to be able to push people to your stuff and say, here's another great resource and Aaron's doing awesome things. And so I know that it can get heavy and tiring and exhausting. And I can't imagine, uh, like it's hard for me in this space and I'm like a a cis straight white guy, right? And it's like, (laughs) it's hard for me in this space. So I can't imagine what it's like to be a woman in this space. Um, So just thank you for continuing to do it. Thank you for continuing to, to plow ahead. Um, you know, like scripture talks about putting your hand to the plow and continuing to move forward. I just see that in you um, in a beautiful ways. So I just want to say thanks.
1: Well, that is really kind. And I would also just like to exhort you. I, You give me a lot of hope for uh, white male pastors. So <laughs> <laughs> very grateful to have found your voice and uh, just the way that you seem to pastor your congregation. I mean, when I... I put, you know, we mentioned I put your tweet in one of my newsletters and I got back a few responses from people who attend your church and they all said, Zach is the real freaking deal. And so, um, I I'm just I'm so grateful for pastors like you and the way that you care. You you deeply care, and I can tell. So thank Thank you. you.
0: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Too much sometimes.
1: (laughs) I get it. I get it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you again for today. Um, I would love for you to close us out. You told me earlier that you have got kind of a a liturgy for us to close out, right?
1: Yeah. I actually uh, I actually wrote this for uh, one of my resources, uh, but it it fits really well. And actually, I told the story about my daughter. um, uh, asking about the you know why did god kill the baby dinosaurs it this it actually references in this oh, prayer so, yeah this is a blessing uh for your congregation so uh they begin almost every sentence with i have a question why did god kill the baby t-rex she asks one morning after she brushes her teeth what happens to us when we die she asks one afternoon over ice cream Who that? He asks, his fat little, not a baby anymore hand clutching a Jesus figurine. I remember they bring me their questions because I am a safe place not to have answers. I am a safe place to hear the hard things. Behind every question, there is a door. Behind that door is a room. Does the arc of the universe bend towards justice? Can I trust God? Do you hear me? Who is my neighbor? Whom have I in heaven but you? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Am I loved? Do I belong? Who am I? Who are you? Our questions are sacred. Our wanderings are holy. Grief reveals us. Questions refine us. Our wrestling names us like our brother Jacob. We are walking wounded, but the wound is also proof of the showing up. May we be curious to open the door behind our questions. May we be brave and pull up a chair. May we recognize the fear of what might be in the room. May we settle into the expansiveness of not having answers. May we honor the mystery of God. May he grant us peace where we need it, grace where we need it, and truth where we need it. May our questions push us further out and further in. May they refine us. May we never fear them for through them is a door, behind that door is a room and in that room is love who is a safe place not to have the answers and to hear the hard things. Amen.
0: Ooh, amen. That's so good. Thank you for that. Thanks. I really appreciate you being here and we'll have to get you in person in Austin sometimes. I'm soon.
1: coming to Austin. Save all the breakfast tacos for me. <laughs> oh,
0: thanks, Aaron. We'll see you soon, okay? Sounds good. Bye. Bye.